I've been saving this minority report for a very long time. <laughs> Joel Joffe and David Lipsy have advised me on the skills around for a minority report. More seriously, what I want to do is talk a bit of it, which is, I think, the theme of this conference, beyond deal not, about what we need to do next. I mean, Andrew has explained our thinking extremely well, as he's always done. And if ministers thought they were going to get a passionless, dry economist to chair this commission, they made a spankingly bad mistake. What I want to talk about is three things which I think we need to start moving on. And the reason I think we need to start moving on them is you haven't got as much time as you think. I mean, the government has said they want to produce a white paper by next spring, whenever spring comes with climate change. And they, as far as I can make out, well, in, at least in the Department of Health, they still have some intention to work towards legislation in the next parliamentary session. Now, who are the people who are likely to stop that happening? Well, you lot, first of all, if you don't get on your bikes and start really pedalling quite hard, so you could stop things happening by not making enough noise and making it clear there is a lot of support for these recommendations and you want to see some action. I wouldn't neglect really the traditional, I used to say in football, we need a good stopper centre-half. Well, one great George Street are pretty good historically at being good stopper centre-halves. So I would put the Treasury up there as the abominable no-men because that's where their starting position often is unless they can be persuaded that there is a really good offer on the table. And that comes down, I think, to what people in this room and their colleagues say. And the third people you need to keep an eye on is what's going on in number 10. Don't always assume that they are the good guys. History has shown that they can sometimes rather deviously be the bad guys. And it is usually guys, actually, not, not too many women around um, are stopping things happening. So you need to keep an eye on that terrain. And what are the things it's worth keeping an eye on? Well, the politics, the health and social care bill and the issue of integration and the financial services sector. And I'll come to them last because I've just spent a weekend in Glen Eagles explaining to the mass ranks of the financial services sector why they need to come out of their cupboards and start getting interested in funding of long-term care and not be so preoccupied with pensions that they can't think of anything else. So politics. Well, I think the critical thing is to keep banging on to all the parties that they need to do this. I mean, we, as far as we can judge, as we were putting this package together on the Commission, as far as we could judge, all the parties had a reasonable level of support for this. And by the time we reported, it was not obvious that any of the main parties were opposed to the direction of travel we were suggesting and the details of that set of proposals. So we do need to keep working away at all the parties. It isn't just the Conservatives, it isn't just the Coalition, it needs to be said to all politicians and particularly local MPs that this is important. And a really good way of trying to keep people interested in Parliament is an early day motion. I'm quite old fashioned about these things, but early day motions signed by large numbers of people across the parties 
do have some influence. So I think you've got to think of a political strategy that continues to show all the political parties that this is an important agenda. You also have coming along a grand opportunity where the government has decided they need something like nearly 400 page a piece of legislation to actually reform the NHS. One or two of us did try reforming the NHS with less legislation than that. But nevertheless, they have put this in the public arena. It is called a health and social care bill, so its long title does entitle you to do some things on social care, as people will find in the House of Lords. And what are the things that are important coming out of this report that's important? Well, what we need to do is stop blathering about the importance of health and social care integration and actually have some practical proposals and mechanisms that might make something happen. And the critical thing is not endlessly reorganising organisations. The critical thing is what happens at the point of delivery of services to individuals. And it's the integration of that service delivery. Well, I quite fancy my chances at having a go at some duties on different bodies to integrate health and social care at the point of delivery to individuals. And I quite fancy my chances at having a go at payment mechanisms as well. Why can't we actually pay people who are going to take responsibility for integrating health and social care a bit of a premium for actually taking on the responsibility for integrating that care? So watch this space. I'm in the market, as are some of my colleagues, for bright ideas from people about how we might put down some amendments. But I think it would be a missed opportunity if we do not use that bill, which starts in the Lords on the 11th of October with its second reading, if we don't, at the very least, probe some of these ideas with amendments. And if they get a lot of favour, we then push them to a vote and see what we can do. It's a great opportunity to get some of these issues out on the table, including, I think, some of the proposals around integrated assessments, some of the issues around portability, and some of the issues that are around about standardising the eligibility criteria. I'm sure that Sean Gallagher and his colleagues may not be thrilled by this news, but it is our job, I think, to create jobs in the civil service. It helps public sector employment. So we do actually need to use this opportunity to do something. And lastly, the financial services sector. Well, the financial services sector, as far as I can recall, have been saying in this particular territory, we can't price the tail end risk. It's too difficult. That excuse has now been removed. We have got a solution here for pricing, for taking that area of concern out of the equation. I think it is down now to the financial services sector, as I said in um, Glen Eagles this last weekend, to really start thinking quite seriously about what are the products that they could put in the market. And the thing they really need to look at, I think, is what's going on in the pension sector, and the whole issue of auto-enrolment whereby employers take on the task for people with lower to middle incomes uh, for making contributions to a saving fund which will be overseen by NEST, which is, as I recall, the National Employers Savings Trust, who have a spankingly good chief executive called Tim Jones. He may not thank me for suggesting that their role should be expanded, but I think there is an issue about how we make long-term funding savings 
related to pension savings and there is a model there for doing that which I think we certainly should explore but essentially I do think that the financial services sector have really got to start motoring and showing that they want to do something about bringing new products into play. Thanks very much. Thank you.